0: Good morning, Southbrook. It's always a pleasure to be here and to share a teaching with you all. I always look forward to these days. Um, this past week was Veterans Day. Uh, that's kind of a special day that our families uh, have, have maybe paid special attention to. My father was one of five sons. Three of those sons all uh, were called to serve in World War II, And all three of them actually were involved in different branches of the armed services. My father was in Air Force, one of my uncles was in the Army, and the other was in the Navy. And they all three uh, were able to return safely. My father-in-law, my wife's dad, uh, he was a POW in in Germany, and he also survived, was able to come home. But uh, Veterans Day has always been kind of special because of just the amount of of, uh, gratitude uh, we feel in our heart towards those who have served. And I would like not to let this day go by. I know it was Friday, but I'd love to see those who are here in the, in the small theater. If you're at home watching this on home, veterans, just stand up. Let your family affirm you. Or if you're home by yourself, just stand up by yourself and just receive this recognition. Would you our veterans? <laughs> applause seems so trite, but please understand that, that that applause comes from a deep heart of gratitude towards, uh, towards what you have done and provided for us in our country and in our world. Um, I, I love this series, and uh, Charlie asked me, and I'll tell you a little bit of why later on in the message to be a part of this series. Uh, we're talking about what it means for, for from heaven's perspective of what's going on up there, which was what Charlie talked about last week, and then today, what, what's going on down here? That, uh, that Jesus wants to bring about. And we're using the text today from the, a portion of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' famous message that he shared in Matthews 5, 6, and 7. And within that message, Jesus is really talking about what it's like to bring his kingdom to this earth. What does that look like? How does that feel? What, what, what's the impact when, when heaven really truly becomes a part of our existence and not just something that we think about when we die and when we leave this, this planet earth? And so within that that Sermon on the Mount, there's a couple times where Jesus uses metaphors to describe the influence that He wants us to have. One of those metaphors was salt, be the salt of the earth. But then the second one, the one we're going to focus on today, is, is to be light, be the light of the world. So look at these verses of Scripture in Matthew 5, verses 14 and following, where He says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I don't know about you, but every time I think of that verse of Scripture, a song pops into my head that I learned. I I say a 100 years ago, and anymore, that's not much of an exaggeration. Uh, but it's a long time ago when I was a kid, and it was in Sunday school class, or vacation Bible school, or, or uh, maybe even in elementary schools have taken a version of the song. Do you know what song I'm thinking about? What is it? This little light of mine. Yeah, you, you're right on target with me. I decided I was not going to sing that for you. For a couple reasons. One is because I I'm, my voice is the same age as I am. And also because I really don't want it to go out into the on the internet forever and ever, and ever, amen. So I've invited a special guest to come up with me and sing this song for you. So Alexandra, would you come up and give her a warm welcome? This is Alexandra. And Alexandra, how old are you? Eight years old. Eight. And uh, you're in what grade? Third. Third grade. Okay. And uh, what school do you go to? Dr. John. Alright. And you've been singing for how long? I've been singing for two years. Okay. I'm not sure your mic is on, huh? Where is your you want to make sure that is tabbed on? Tina, you wanna come up and check this? Go go check this. A little timeout here. A little pause. But Tina's been singing for three years. She's eight. And she's going to sing this song, and she'll sing. There's four verses to it, and, and I really want you to pay attention to the verses because they are the uh, really the takeaways of this message. And especially when she get, and if you want to sing along with her, do the motions. That's all great, all good and great. And uh, is it on? Okay. That's, let me hear you again.
1: You're, okay. You just,
0: Okay. I've, I confused her. That's, that's my bad. So you go to, to, what's your elementary school that you go to?
1: Dr. John Hole Elementary.
0: Okay, and you've been singing for, since you were about three or so, five or so, and uh, you love musicals, don't you? Yes. And what's your favorite, favorite, favorite musical? Cats. Cats, and why?
1: Because my mom performed
0: in it. Oh, that's a good enough reason. Good. And who is your vocal coach?
1: Um, Miss Becky Barrett Jones.
0: Is she here today?
1: Yes, she is the best music teacher.
0: Oh, <laughs> and you want to point her out to the audience? Where is she sitting? Right. Right okay. All right. And yes. And she happens to be my daughter, my granddaughter's vocal coach as well, so you share, share the same coach. So I was telling everyone that they're going to listen to the words of the song because this is going to be our takeaways. And uh, if you want to sing along with her, that's great. You can do the motions and you know, all that uh, to put your little light out there like, like she will. And when she gets to the last verse, though, she's going to say, shine all over. And what are you going to say?
1: Centerville.
0: Centerville, because that's where you're from. But I want you to be either saying out loud or thinking at least. Where is your center of influence? Maybe it's going to be your hometown. I'm going to say Xenia. Maybe it's going to be your place of where you work. Maybe it's going to be your school that you go to. But, but think in terms of where do I want my light to shine all over? And then say it out loud when she gets to that verse, that fourth verse. And I want to hear all over this room and different rooms, different locations where we want our light to shine. Are you ready?
1: Yes.
0: All right. She's going to sing.
1: This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine, This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No! I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No! I'm gonna let it shine Hide it under a bushel No, I'm gonna let it shine Let it shine let it shine Let it shine Don't let Satan get out I'm gonna let it shine Don't let Satan get out I'm gonna let it shine Don't let Satan, Out, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Shine all over Centerville. I'm gonna let it shine. Shine all over Centerville. I'm gonna let it shine. Shine all over Centerville. I'm gonna let it ( laureate) shine, (dBA) let it shine. Shine, let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine.
0: I might as well quit right now. Uh, that is the highlight of the service, I guarantee you. And um, If you just keep that little ditty song in your head for a long, long time, then my job has been accomplished. Because that, that little song, it seems such, so trite and so si- simple, but it's so significant. It really, really epitomizes what Jesus is saying here about our light and how we are to let it shine. Um, even thinking about a city on a hill As many of you know, we were big boaters in our family. We've been boating for vacations really since all through our adult, adult lives. And we boated on all the different lakes around here in Kentucky, Cumberland and Dale Hollow and then more recently Norris Lake. But it was during the time we were vacationing at Dale Hollow. And we'd rented a houseboat with some other families from the church and we uh, having a great time, we docked and tied up our our houseboat uh, in, into a cove, and we were just enjoying the the beautiful days there on Day of Hollow. And one afternoon, we had kind of gotten together, had all supper, and we we're sitting around, and and uh, someone came up with the idea, let's let's take a night ride, and thought, oh, I love night rides. So we all, uh, there was about seven or eight of us that wanted to go. The others were, decided to stay on the boat. So we all got ready one of the guys was going to take his boat and I said hey you got uh, you got lights and everything don't you yeah you got a spotlight yeah so cool was so we all hopped in and we headed over towards the dam at Dale Hollow and just spent a beautiful evening we started to to come back and we actually we make a, a wrong turn we got missed our turn and got up into a, a narrow narrow little cove and and realized that, that th- this is not where we should be and and I said well let's get the spotlight out so we can check it out well the spotlight didn't work And so now we're without any kind of light. Now, if you've ever boated in the evening, spotlights are not great navigation tools because they kind of mess up your night vision. But they're good, especially to check the coastline or any buoys that have reflective buoys markings to them so you can at least see where those are. But we don't ever drive with a spotlight just because it messes up your night vision. But this night, there was no moonlight at all. It was very, very overcast. And so it got dark really quickly. And after we found our way back on the main channel, by this time, it is really dark. And I'm beginning to get a little anxious because everyone else is having a great time. They think, hey, Pete knows the lake, and so he'll get us back safely. And I'm thinking, it's a lot of responsibility. And I'm feeling really, 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 really anxious because I couldn't see. And and at nighttime, that lake changes drastically. Light reveals all the turns and all the... All the it, all the things about the lake, but at nighttime, it all kind of shrinks together, and all the trees, and you can't see where the lake turns or changes. You can't see anything, and this is before GPS, so we don't know anything about it. We can't just follow a GPS map. I'm trying to find our way home, and I'm really anxious about it, and I can't relay that to everyone else because they're having a great time. One guy's even asleep on the bottom of the boat. He's just he's taking a nap. But well, I remembered the lodge at Dale Hollow. The lodge sits way up on a hill, and we were, the cove we were anchored in or tied up to was really just across from, from, the, from the lodge, and I kept watching for the, the ambient light of the lodge, and I will never forget when I finally able to see that light and knew that we were headed in the right direction, the peace and the calm that came over me, and everyone else was still fine. <laughs> But I was I was at least at peace now because I knew that hey we can find our way to the lodge, we're gonna go directly across the lake and we'll find our houseboat and we were home safe. When I think about this idea of, of lights on a hill or giving guidance or direction, I think about that that's what he wants for us. That's what it's like for us to be his kingdom on earth, so that we are here to provide light, guidance, safety, warmth, even warning sometimes or direction to others in, the, in our world, in our circle of influence. So I want us to, to take these, this song and, and, and our takeaways so that we can kind of learn from this and maybe hopefully leave in a better position or better understanding of, of who we are as far as being children of light. First of all, this light, this little light of mine, as Alexandra is saying, is personal. It's something that really, that when he says, you are the light of the world, the word you is used in what's called the emphatic language, which means it's you. It's not just you, you, or you, or you, or you. No, it's, it's you. And it can be used in any context, in any culture, in any time of, of life. It can be used just as much today as it was when Jesus said those words centuries ago. You, you, emphatically, you. I have no other plan. There's no other source of light. You are the light of the world. And it's very personal. And I know sometimes we think, well... My light is so small, so insignificant. Listen, don't ever compare to con- confuse size with significance. Don't ever do that. Sometimes just a little light in a certain setting is all that you need. It provides guidance. So significance is always of, of importance. And, and, and Jesus, when he said, you are the light of the world. Now, maybe maybe you remember also there's another time where Jesus says, I am the light of the world. You think, well, maybe that kind of confuses me. How can we be the light and he be the light? John 8, verses uh, 1 and 2, where, where Jesus makes that statement. He says, I, when he spoke to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, the darkness that he talks about can't just be the absence of physical light. Have you ever been in a place where it was really, 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 really dark? I remember when I was in college at Kentucky Christian University, a group of guys, we decided to go over to Carter Caves and go through Bat Cave. Remember that name because it's significant in the story. Uh, We walked through this big, huge opening, and then partway in, we actually actually had to get on on our hands and knees and crawl almost like army style through a certain section of the cave in order to get into another cavern, which is a little eerie in and of itself. We finally got into the cavern. And some of you have done this with guides and caves, and and so whoever was taking us through said, okay, now I want you to all sit down, and we're all going to turn our lights off. And so we did. And that was the first time I ever experienced what I would call just complete, complete darkness. You could not see your hand in front of your face, Even after your eyes kind of got acclimated to, to the dark, we could hear the bats flying over top of us. I'm telling you what, when Jesus talks about your light is the light of life, my flashlight was the light of my life. I had a death grip on that thing. There was no way I was going to drop it and, and, and take a chance on not being able to find it. And knowing that we were in this cave, I kept thinking about uh, recently, if you've watched 13 Lives, about the Thai soccer team who uh, for over 18 days were trapped in this in this cave, a true story, back in 2018. And finally, when divers were able to get back to them because the cave had, had basically uh, through the, the rains, the monsoon rains had filled up all the, the avenues of, of uh, with water they could not get out and it was finally after like sometime 18 days when they finally were able to find the, the boys and their coach it was because they heard voices and they saw their lights their lights were literally the light of life and so when Jesus is talking about this and I'm thinking about this this whole idea of, of that cave by the way in in that cave i um, you you may be surprised to know this but When I was in college, I was actually, had a reputation of of being a practical joker. In fact, true story, my senior year, the president of the college called me into his office and said, how badly do you want to graduate? I said, pretty badly. He said, well, some things need to change, some things need to stop. I said, I got it, I got it. But I'm in this cave and there's a part of me that's just really like scared because I'm I'm really sensing this this deep, deep darkness and in my light. But with my free hand, I'm also thinking this is a good opportunity for a little bit of a joke. So I remember reaching across and I don't remember who the guy was, but there was a guy kind of close to me, and I take my hand up high. And again, hearing bats or hearing bats flying over top, I just went and put my fingers right down on his hair, found it. And that kid screamed like I've never heard anyone scream before. But Jesus says, if you follow me, you'll never walk in, not physical darkness, but in a a dark sense of life where you have no purpose or no significance or no meaning. You're just wandering, like wandering in the dark, just kind of zigzagging through life. You will never walk in that kind of a life. You'll always have a sense of purpose. You'll always have a sense of meaning. You'll always have a sense of significance because you'll always be the light of life, not only to yourself, but to others. And so this, this whole idea that, that our light is, is personal, it really is. And it's so important and so personal that it also needs to be protected. So when Alexander is saying, hide it under a bushel, no. Or don't let Satan blow it out. That means this light needs to be protected. It's so important, so significant. Do whatever you can. And that's my responsibility for my light. And it's your responsibility for your light to protect it. Because it, we can allow things to come in and kind of take that away. The houses in Palestine were always, they were dark. You didn't walk in like we do in our houses. There's a house out on, on uh, maybe you know who's it is it, maybe it's someone here. that—that that, uh, it's, it's light, it's all lit up. It's crazy lights. And you can walk in and flip your switches on. I find myself, and I know I'm getting older when I'm walking through the house and I'm turning lights off more than I'm turning them on. But we don't have on and off switches. This this light is is in the houses in Palestine were so important. And oftentimes, because they were so small, they only had like one window. And the window would maybe be more, no more than 18 inches across. And so the, the light then was a lamp. It was a, like a sauce bowl type of event. And it was placed uh, up on a lamp stand, like a, just a piece of wood to put it up higher. And it was full of oil. And there'd be a wick floating in it. And once that wick was lit, It was really difficult to rekindle that because there's no butane lighters or matches or things like so they would try to keep that light lit all the time and even when they would leave they would oftentimes take it off of the lampstand then and put it down and put an earthen bushel over it where it could still get oxygen but still and protect not uh, not cause a fire but it could still be lit and when they would come home they'd take the lamp and put it back up then on the lampstand and i think what jesus is saying here is that that there's no need For us ever to go somewhere, our lights are always to be lit, always to be there, and provide light for everyone in the house. That light is to be protected. We can allow that light to be uh, unprotected at times. How many of you saw the lunar eclipse this past week? I wanted to. I had every intention because I thought, I'm going to use that illustration here on my message. So I wanted to, to, to see it and actually take some, some pictures of the lunar eclipse so that I would have, the, hey, these were my personal pictures, and I totally forgot about it until it was already over with. So I, I grabbed some pictures from the Internet. And uh, But if you saw it and you know what a lunar eclipse is, you understand. Hey, when we were learning back in elementary school or even junior high school, you learned that the moon doesn't have its own source of light, does it? The moon just takes the reflection off of the sun, and that's why it always looks so bright. Whenever you walk out and say, boy, isn't the moon bright, and I was not really, because it, but it is because it has a clear reflection off the sun. And so an eclipse occurs when the earth positions itself between the sun and the moon, and oftentimes then that shadow of the earth then causes the, the moon to look partial or eventually totally eclipsed because the earth's shadow gets right in the middle. And whenever I think about my light, I think about things like that, that I don't want anything from my life, the cares of this world, my own sin, my own selfishness, to get in the way of a clear reflection of the Son of God in my life. Because that's what's eventually going to provide light and warmth for everybody else, is a clear reflection of the Son. So that's how we can protect the light, is make sure we don't get in the way Make sure the things in my life, that I'm always looking to the example of Jesus to follow him. Because when he provides light in my life, that provides a a moon then for us to, to shine for everyone else. So the idea is protected. Here's the third takeaway. When Alexandra sang the song, she said, shine all over. And we all at least thought of, hopefully, named our circles of influence. That shows the purpose of this light. That Jesus wants us to have an influence wherever we are, that this light is always to shine and always to glow, and if I'm at work, if I'm at school, if I'm at, uh, out, in, out, out and about in a restaurant or, or doing uh, whatever it might be, that there's always a source of light that's coming from my life. Jesus says, I, this light provides light for whom? Everyone in the house. Do you know when Jesus made the statement back in John 8 when he said, I'm the light of the world? It's kind of interesting when he made that statement because uh, John says it's very early in the morning. So picture with me, if you will, it's Jesus standing in the temple and maybe, this, maybe the sun is starting to rise and the rays of the sun are starting to come into the temple and all the different hues and refractions of light that are just causing this place to become so beautiful It's also a time when Jesus said this, or when John says this, is during the Feast of the Tabernacle. That was an annual Jewish feast that the Jews had to remember them coming out of Egypt and into Israel. Specifically, the way God directed them and guided them, because if you remember the story, God led them during the day by a cloud and by night by fire, the light of fire. So. His presence, His guidance was always there. So inside this temple was also these four giant, 75-feet-tall candelabras. And they were lit at night. So that maybe when Jesus is, is talking about this, maybe those candelabras are still lit. And scholars would tell us that those candelabras were so tall and so powerful that at night they would not only illuminate the temple, but you could be, it could be seen throughout the city. It's in this context, in this setting, that Jesus said... I am that light. I am that light. I'm going to provide guidance for you. It's not going to be a cloud anymore, not, not by far, but it's going to be me. And guess what? That's you and I now. We are the light of the world. And that's the scope or the purpose of our light, is that we might provide light for whom? Everyone in the house. Some of the ancient Jews thought it was just for them, the the nation of Israel. Jesus says, no, 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 no. It's for everyone in the house. No one is to be excluded from this light, from my influence. And Jesus modeled that, didn't he? Everywhere he went, it made no difference. Man, male, female, old, child, middle-aged, married, unmarried. In fact, in in the multitudes that followed him, the, the gospel writers oftentimes use the word the tax collectors and Pharisees and the and the and the sinners were there, and now it wasn't just to label people. It was it was how they labeled people. Well, you're 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 not one of us. You're you're this. And Jesus never made a distinction. Never made a distinction. In fact, in John eight, when he said, "I'm the light of the world," if you read back through the Gospel of John, you'll see that happened. What happened just before that was when a woman was drugged out of a house place before him and said, here, she'd been caught in the act of adultery. What are you going to do? Jesus knew it was all a setup. For one, where's the man? An act of, of adultery usually requires two people. So where's the man? And he knew it was basically testing him. And so he, he kind of hangs around and he writes in the sand. If you read the story, I love this whole story. And then finally he says, okay, we're... I guess if you're without sin, go ahead. You can be the first one to throw a stone. And, and no one did. And they began to leave one by one, the oldest, probably the longest list of sins to the youngest. Until finally she was there by herself. And I've always been amazed. Why did she stay? This would have been her chance to bolt. How embarrassed she must have felt. How humiliated, probably partially closed. And why did she stay? Because it was Jesus. There was something about him that caused her to stay. And that's when he said to her. And by the way, this is a term of endearment in the scripture. Guys, don't say to your wife, hey, woman. um, That is not a term of endearment today. It wasn't Jesus' day. It was basically him saying, you have value. You have worth. You are not what they say you are. You are not the person they've labeled you to be. You are a divine, God-gifted woman. Where are your accusers? She said, "There are They've gone." And then Jesus, of course, said, "I don't condemn you either. Now go and live a different life. Live a life of purpose and meaning and significance." And that happened just before He makes this declaration, "I am the light of the world." And so, what's the scope of your life? I'd like to take a couple minutes because I believe that uh, that one of the Real values of, of city lights is it's not a program. It's not something that you join. It's just basically our desire to help every person to see that we have a source of light. And that he wants us to be that that moon, that reflection of light, you know, to uh, to to Christ. And my role here at Southbrook is as a what's called a regional city lights pastor. Steve Hold is also. Uh, has the same title. Leah Sparling is our city lights director, and really our our challenge is simply to, to find opportunities where we all can can shine our lights in a very organic way. Some of those are very, we go all the way from macro to micro. Some of those are macro events where we are they're big. They're, they're, they're partnerships with other organizations, other churches, other nonprofits, and things like that where, for example, the Operation Christmas Child is a good example of that, where we're joining together Uh, backpack Sunday we join together with other groups Uh, even the operation rescue down in Western Kentucky is a is a partnership and those are all macro events we say here's opportunities we can let you guys know about usually they'll be announced from the stage here or on our website to say here's opportunities for you to shine in these various areas and these various manners and ways now here's the opportunity and and you can choose to do it or not but then they go from like macro to kind of like in between more regional or maybe local kinds of initiatives or opportunities—they're not any less significant, but they're they're just as important. But they're just different. They're just not as macro. They're not as big. We have a lot of different community groups that that meet needs that serve, and I, I could I can't begin to list all of those. But there's a lot of them. There are just groups that have come together and they locked arms together and say, hey, let's make a difference in our community in Miamisburg in Centerville, and Centerville and Bellbrook and Xenia and, and different parts, different regions. And they, uh, basically, the way you're informed of that is we just need contact information. If you want to be a part of something more regional, then you can go to the City Lights area and say, hey, let me, I want to be informed of some of these more regional or local events where I can be a, become a part of that. I know uh, even in the Centerville area, there's two ladies that will be out the kiosk even today who are gathering together together. Uh, New underwear and socks for some of the underprivileged, under-resourced uh, kids and families in the, in the whole Centerville-Dayton area. And they're actually going to have a, a Christmas store open. And they need lots and lots of, of clean underwear and clean socks, of brand new socks and underwear. Uh, and so you can find out more about that. Yeah, make sure it's not clean has a totally different concept and meaning than new. So new, 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 new. And you can find out more about that. Uh, that's more, again, more regional, more local, but just as significant. So don't don't minimize its importance. We have groups from uh, our, our young adults groups, for example. Just this past week, they, someone in their group needed a safe place to stay and and needed some help. And so they, they just responded. They didn't need to get permission for that. They didn't need to inform anyone. They just did it. They were just being light to a friend of theirs in need. Uh, a young lady started a, a group at the University of Dayton to say, I just want to do, do Develop a, a group of people whereby we can, we can pray together, we can learn together, we can grow together. And so they're doing a discovery Bible study uh, in the University of Dayton. Again, just to be light. Didn't have to ask for permission to do this. Didn't, didn't uh, sign up anywhere. They just, they're just doing it. And I could give you story after story after story after story. That's just more of a micro level then. From macro to micro, every one of them is significant. Every one of them is important. They're just different. And that's how you can be light. I had a meeting this past week, um, and one of the ladies in our group uh, was talking, we were talking about light. And she said, my husband, uh, every morning before the kids would go to school, he always told them, or always tells them every day, uh, be light to someone today. I thought that is so cool. Just be light. It's not something that you do it's just something that you are again because light is the very identity of, of Christ uh, when and back in John Jesus when he said I am the light of the world did you know that there are seven different i ams that John records in his narrative and there're seven i ams because they all declare the nature of God I am the bread of life I am the vine I am and I am light it's not something I've decided to do. It's again, it's not an on and off switch. It's just something that I that I am. Some of you have taken the opportunity this uh, this past week because of how warm it's been to put up all your Christmas lights, haven't you? I saw the hands. Some of you are are really kicking yourselves because you didn't put up your Christmas lights. And sometimes when we think about this this influence of light, we think, well, wow. Uh, My light is different than your light or my light your lights brighter than my light none of us can can miss the uh, y'all remember the story of Clark Griswold uh, In the in the National Lampoon's Christmas vacation where he's trying to get all of his lights lit You know at his house. We have a little, little clip here. Watch this clip real quickly I think I know what's wrong! I can't see! No, 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 oh so the goal is not to compare our lights with others or say okay I know people that I think that is that is their charge in life. They want to be a spotlight. They want to shine the light right into their neighbors and and, and judge them and tell them how wrong they are because I'm right and you're wrong. And that seems to be their, their goal in life is to be a spotlight and to shine it in other people's lives. You know, that's not our purpose. We're not trying to drain the community of the energy that they need. We're not trying to, to blind our neighbors. We're just, just be light. Just be I bet you all of us have individuals that you could name and identify of someone that you'd like to talk to in heaven when we finally get there. And I have some favorites as well. I'd love to talk to Peter and say, what was it like to walk on water? I need a boat to do that. You did it without no boat. Uh, I'd love to talk to Jonah. Jonah, what was it like to be in the belly of that whale? And what was it like and how to smell to get puked up on dry ground, you know? I'd love to talk to Lazarus, who was raised from the dead. Lazarus, what was it like to walk out in in those those grave clothes and freak everybody out, you know, with the the fact that you're alive? It's it's not like like a horror movie. But that's not the person that I want to most talk to. And I bet you none of you could guess who that person is. But let me tell you a little bit about the story, and that's how I'm going to conclude here today. It's a story that's recorded in all four Gospels, but only one Gospel actually identifies the person. And even that Gospel doesn't tell us the name, it just describes the person. I can't wait uh, on November 18th when The Chosen Season 3 comes out, this story is going to be one of those, one of the episodes, and I can't wait to see how they, how they portray that story. Let me give you the idea of what's happening, and I think you'll see the application. Jesus is teaching, and there's a a multitude of people gathered around. The disciples come up to Jesus and say, Jesus, we got a problem. So what's the problem? He says, everyone's hungry, and Chick-fil-A is closed. It's Sunday. Um, What do we do? And uh, Jesus says, well, what do you uh, got? And even Philip comes up. Philip! Philip was the analytical, probably the treasure of the disciples because Philip comes up and says, uh, I've already figured it out. Eight months' wages would not even pay for enough to give everyone just a bite. Jesus said, what do you have? Said, we, just have we just have one boy's lunch. John's the only one who says it was a young boy, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, to say there's, there's fish and loaves. Well, bring, bring the boy here. Have everyone sit down. And this boy who left that morning with a sack lunch of five loaves and two fish, thinking, that's what a small little lunch I have today. What a small little light. It's just lunch, that's all it is. But not with Jesus. I can only imagine, this is what I want to ask him about, what was it like to stand there and watch Jesus take your bread and start giving it out, and 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 giving out, the same with the fish, giving it out, more and more and more and more and more, to the point that everyone not only had enough, they were completely filled and had baskets loads of leftovers, and what was that like to watch your little lunch, your little light? shine in so many people's lives and meet so many needs. Because that's, that's kind of what we are, right? We think our light is, is kind of small, but again, don't ever confuse size with what? Significance. Just watch what Jesus can do with your light. The message gives a beautiful version of our text today. Instead of me praying over you before we leave today, I'm going to let Jesus' words just wash over you and be his prayer to us today. So would you watch the screens, hear it, and maybe as you go and take communion, uh, let, this, let this challenge come into you where Jesus is simply saying, go, and be light. Be light to someone today. Be light to someone at the restaurant where you eat lunch today. Be light to someone out in the atrium. Be light to someone in your community. Be light to someone in your neighborhood. Be light, just be light and just shine and see what God does with that. Because what he'll do, Jesus said he'll bring glory to the Father. Bring glory to the Father. Remember when I said to the Pharisees, Pharisees, Jesus said, "You, you go and you fast and you do all these things to be seen of men. That's, that's your ultimate goal. You want to be recognized. You want to be noticed. Jesus says with this light, it is to be seen of men, but it's going to bring glory to the Father. In fact, he said there's two different words for good that he uses in, in, this, in, the, in the original language. There's one word called agathos, which simply means good and quality, good stuff, good quality. But the word Jesus uses is the word kalos, which means not only quality, but also winsome, beautiful attractive so when god uses your light it'll be more than just just good quality it'll be winsome it'll be attractive and you don't have to you don't have to always just kind of relate well that wasn't me that was jesus that did that i've always been really that's felt always awkward to me i've heard preachers say well make sure you always give the glory to god so whenever you change someone's tire they say well thank you that wasn't me that was jesus and i'm waiting for someone to say i'm sorry it kind of looked like you (laughs) No, you don't, you don't have to get really creepy about this. Now, maybe there'll be an opportunity where someone says, tell me about your, you. Tell me about the story of your life. I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to share with you what's really going on inside of me. But he just says, just be light. Just shine. And when you shine and your good, winsome, attractive deeds are seen of people, they will immediately connect it with something deeper inside of you. That's way beyond you. It's it's what you're reflecting. You're reflecting Jesus, and that's what they'll see. So here's the words of Jesus. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep an open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven.
1: And everyone who agreed said,
0: amen. Have a blessed day and weekend.